Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day, every little thing's gonna be a-okay. known fact about my guest today, she has made Broadway history twice. I am so thrilled to have the extraordinary Brittany Johnson on the podcast today. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. I am so over the moon to share Brittany Johnson with you. I'm going to just read a few of her credits because... I want us to just jump into our conversation, but on Broadway, this glorious artist has appeared in Motown the Musical, Les Mis, Beautiful, Sunset Boulevard, and Wicked, and she keeps making Broadway history, and we're going to talk about that today, but really, those are some of my favorite, favorite shows ever to grace the Broadway stages, um, and you're in all of them, and I'm so honored <laughs> to have you on the show today. How are you? Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm good. I'm really good. Tell me where you are and how you have been uh, getting ready. As we speak, it's Thanksgiving, and it's Thanksgiving during a pandemic. So I, I want, <laughs> so it's. I almost forgot. Honestly, I forgot I it was Thanksgiving this week. Well, I'm also, I'm in LA, so the temperature is also a lot different than I'm used to feeling around Thanksgiving. So I'm, I'm adjusting. (laughs) Are you someone who was born and raised in LA? No, I was born and raised in Maryland around, uh, around DC. So I'm used to crisp falls and snow and... (laughs) All right. Well, to anyone for the for the five people on the planet who aren't aware of uh, the the magic that is your voice, they can when we finish talking, like go to YouTube and find all the places and have their life changed. Um, <laughs> but there was a moment in your life where this love for singing and the realization that it's something you can do in front of other people as well um, happened how? And just share a little bit, if you don't mind, your own history with your artistry and discovery of it. <laughs> sure. Um, well, my mom says that I was singing before I can could talk. So <laughs> I guess I've been singing my whole life, really. And I kind of came to acting much later. I, I grew up singing in church and, um, you know, in the car. <laughs> and I didn't really think, I didn't really think about theater definitely until much, much later. I wanted to be Mariah Carey. I didn't, you know, there's already Mariah Carey, so that sunk in later. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I just wanted to sing. And in high school, I did a few musicals, uh, Les Mis being the, I guess, kind of first, one of the first ones that I ever did. And I played Fontaine and it kind of solidified for me that theater, like creating characters, using my voice to tell stories was what I wanted to do for my life. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of brought me full circle when the first job that I had out of college was Les Mis. It just kind of, it was one of those uh, serendipitous moments, I guess. Yeah, that is unbelievable. So so when you finish high school, do you decide, I want to just become a professional right away? Do you go to school and keep studying? What was sort of the trajectory at that point? Yeah, I, I went to school. I went to NYU Tisch 
So I studied uh, theater and musical theater, and I also minored in child and adolescent mental health. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I've always been really interested in psychology and just in the ways that our brain works and mm-hmm. how we relate to each other, uh, which I guess is very telling of just being an actor in general. Right. I think most right, actors sure. are, are interested in that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did. I did go to school. And right out of college, I booked my first my first job. Did you have a an experience that you want to share about in your college theater slash psychology studies? <laughs> um, is there anything that comes to mind that you want to talk about before you move on? I actually, I went to NYU's pre-college program my June, I always mess this up. It was either my junior year going into my senior year of high school mm-hmm. or my sophomore going into junior year. I can't remember. Um, But during that summer, I saw, I mean, it must have been like 25 shows we saw that summer. And I had only seen one Broadway show prior to that. So that's what I was going to ask you. What was your first Broadway show that you saw? My first was 110 in the Shade with Audra, Audra McDonald. Who? That revival. <laughs> I know. What happened know to her? her? She's just, she's kind of, she's like it's, this little, she's not very well known. Um, <laughs> it was a one-off. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> wow. But she, I mean, she blew me away mm-hmm. as, as she does. And every time that I've seen her since, she has done the same thing. Yeah. But she's so incredible. She is. And I think yeah. what was so great for me seeing that and especially having it be my first Broadway show, was seeing someone who looked like me on stage Mm -hmm. who also kind of sounded like me. I mean, I would never dare say that I sound like Audra McDonald. Can I say it? Can I say it for you? (laughs) I'm just going to say it. You do. (laughs) Moving on. Facts are facts, my friend. Yes. Um, But just, you know, I, I trained classically growing up. And that was, you know, how I learned how to actually use my instrument and then mm. be able to manipulate it to, to make these other sounds healthfully. But I'd never, I never really seen anyone that looks like me sing that way professionally. And even, even in the beginnings of my career, I never got to use that part of my voice until mm-hmm. really recently. So it just it kind of opened my eyes to what is actually possible, yeah. and then seeing all of those shows in the span of one summer um, was like, "Yep, this is what I'm gonna do." Wow, this is my life. <laughs> Can you talk to me because I think you know, not everyone really understands when we talk about training, and when you say I trained classically. Um, can you talk about what that means? Um, well, I guess for the the easiest way, I guess, is to differentiate it from like like pop and rock, what we would think of as that musical theater sound. You use your your you know your chest voice a lot. I learned mm-hmm. how to sing with my legit voice in in my head voice first. Right. Um, I sang a lot of arias and um, like in Italian. I went back. I went back to try to look at at some of the songs that I sang, and I don't even know how to pronounce most of those words anymore. <laughs> right, but you did. But, you but did. I did. You know, and yeah. you, when you're young, your young brain can absorb a lot more. <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, you... so that that's how how I started. And I actually, my teacher, she was an opera singer, so okay. um, so I got to kind of benefit from from her knowledge. How does um, Brittany go from college to starring? Well, you, you began by covering two roles. Um, I actually began by covering just one. On the road, okay. I covered Eponine, and then I had my ensemble track. So okay, so you started on tour. I started on tour, yes. Okay, how did you get that job? Well, I think one of the benefits of going to school in New York, and one of the reasons why I, I chose that school was because I knew I was going to start auditioning right away. Mm. Even though they tell you not to do that, I did it anyway. Because I was like, well, I'm in New York. I might as well, you know, 
just start. Listen, Donna Murphy tells the same story. You're in really good company. (laughs) Oh, good. That's good to know. (laughs) Everyone everyone auditions anyway. Right. And you know, it also kind of kind of brought whatever ego I had down right away. Because <laughs> mm. you come from, you know, you're the the star in your high school, mm-hmm. and then you come to college, and everyone who's there was a star of their high school. So there's that. Yeah. There's that initial no- knockdown, or at least, you know, acceptance of reality <laughs> of, right. you know, oh, I'm, I'm not alone anymore. Okay. Um, right. Everyone was the quarterback of their team until exactly. they came to this team. Yeah. Exactly. Were you um, blown away by the talent of your classmates? I was. And I just, I, I was so interested to learn from them because they all knew so much more than I did. I didn't, I didn't grow up listening to musicals or, except for The Sound of Music. My mom loved The Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. um, so we watched that so often. Right, right. <laughs> and I, I only knew movie musicals. I didn't really know of anything else. Right, right. So it was interesting to to learn from them and to see kind of their just passion for this. And I was just, I was just learning. I just, I just love to sing and I love to yeah. tell stories. Yeah. And so are you finding auditions that you're not supposed to go on, but you're going on anyway, um, <laughs> like through backstage? Like how are you finding um, these possibilities? Then I found them on Playbill mostly. Mm-hmm. And the Actors' Equity um, website used to be open. Oh. You used to be able to you didn't search have to be a member there. No, you okay. didn't have to be a member then. So, so you got it that way. I would find those auditions. And you know, I I've always been very academically minded and focused and I would never skip class to do anything. So, I would only go on auditions that fit in my schedule. Oh, and I like and that. usually and usually ones that I'd heard of, so not very many. <laughs> okay. I remember my the first audition I went to was Ragtime when they were doing the revival. Mm-hmm. And I got my first call back. And I was like, oh, great. Okay, I'm, I'm meant to do this. And I walked into my call back. And I... The, there, there was like the director and casting and like four other people behind the table. And I never had had this experience before. So I was already shell-shocked by all of the people that were behind the table. Right. And then the director says, okay, well, which uh, which version are you going to sing of Your Daddy's Son? And I, I auditioned for college with Your Daddy's Son. So I was like, oh, I know this song. You know, I didn't I didn't even look at the music when they sent it to me. I was like, I, I know this song. Right. And I didn't realize that they'd send me two different keys. So you're and like, so, I'm, I'm doing this one. <laughs> right. And so I said, uh, the higher one. <laughs> and he was already, he was over me. Because <laughs> it was clear that I was very green. Yeah. And the music started before I was ready. And I didn't know that I could, you know, be a human being and just ask if he could start again. I didn't know any of these things. So I just oh. kind of kind of picked up where it was and... They were like, okay, well, thank you. Uh, can you do the sides? And I thought I did okay with the sides, but afterwards <laughs> I left and the casting director came out and she was like, you know, I just want to let you know for the future. Um, just make sure whenever you're doing um, sides that you end the scene and then you look to us. Cause it's very, you know, she was so kind to give me feedback at right, all. Right. Um, but I just remember leaving that audition and being like, oh, I thought I knew and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I didn't go to another audition for a while because I was like, I need to train. I need, but I need what did some. she mean? Were you looking at them like the whole time or like? <laughs> I, don't I don't think so. I think what happened was I was just looking for the approval, that stamp of approval afterwards. Right, right. And so it was like. You know, I was 18 and I, yeah, I just you were was a like, baby. I was. Yeah. And I, I did the thing and I was like, it was it good? Was it good? Right. You know? Right. And- right. Fair enough. Yeah. We all want that. We all exactly. want to know if it was good. Right. Okay. So it started out uh with with a lesson. <laughs> it started yes. out, it was a learning experience. It was. And it was one that I'm very grateful for that I had because it it really showed me that I I needed to study. 
Mm-hmm. I needed to learn what this was. And but there, it's funny there's because lo- they're studying craft, right? I don't mean to interrupt, but oh, yeah. the only way to learn how to audition actually is by doing what you did. Exactly. Like, it has to happen. You know, you could go to the greatest, you know, college in the world or conservatory, but until you're in that room and know what happens to your body facing that table of people and how you learn to hold on to yourself, it's just, it's just uh, doing it a lot. Exactly. It really is. And that, that's something that now that I, I teach audition technique and vocal Mm -hmm. performance. And it's something that I, I try to, to teach my students. Um, And more than anything, I think I'm trying to create an environment where they start to understand who they are Mm -hmm. as performers and Mm -hmm. who they are in front of strangers as performers because everyone who comes to me you know I'm a stranger first before they get to know me right so you're seeing how they would be in an in a real life situation exactly and I always start with a kind of like mock audition just so that Mm -hmm. I can see how they naturally are and then so how do you do that can you like do a little uh dramatization of that like if I were (laughs) your student and I didn't know you but of course they're all fans that's why they're coming to you because you've inspired them so much Um, right which I also think is good because it adds to their nerves exactly so So they're already a mess right they're a mess on every level which is how it feels to do a big Broadway audition Um, right so so how do you how do you begin that process um, I mean, it would be hard to do since this is just audio. Sure. It's a lot of, it's mostly body language. Mm. I kind of assess how they stand and, and where they're looking and right. um, how how they, sometimes it comes down to how they interact with the accompanist. You can tell that they're just so nervous. I know. <laughs> and, you know, a lot has changed now since since switching everything over to Zoom. Well, so if you do a Zoom, whether it's a class or an actual audition, are you working with an accompanist or you just do you just have the music on your computer and you're singing along to your computer? Well, over Zoom now, it's become that they'll they'll find the karaoke track of their song. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, if we find a cut of it, sometimes I uh, kind of chop up songs into like we'll do a bit of this part and then a bit of this part and we'll smush it all together to create a, a good audition cut. Got and so it. if that happens, then sometimes I'll I'll have them um, talk to an accompanist because people can do all that stuff at home now and then they just send the track over. Got it. Got it. So that's the mechanics of it in this moment in time that we're living in. Yes. So I, I want, I know people are dying. I love hearing about education and all the things that lead up to the first job, but I also <laughs> know that there are many people who want to understand um, how you went from the tour to Broadway and and how you went from that terrible ragtime audition, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which doesn't oh, sound man, terrible at all. So it bad. just sounds human and lovely. <laughs> and you got a callback as a college kid. So already you have to know, wow, like I'm doing something right. And now we need to polish this, this jewel, this diamond. Um, <laughs> how did, how did Les Mis actually happen? The happy ending? Well, I... Uh, once I kind of gained the courage enough to start auditioning again, mm-hmm. um, I saw an audition for Les Mis. I was, I think I was probably a junior in college by that point. Um, and Les Mis was one of the shows I knew. Like I said, I only really auditioned for things that I knew. And so I went into audition and I I got a call back for that too. And I was like, wow, okay. So, so now I'm not going to do the same thing that I did last time. I'm going to look at all the material. I'm not going to assume that I know anything and I'm going to really like prepare. And, you know, <laughs> so I went in, I think, I, I think I got a couple more callbacks and then I didn't hear anything for like months. Right. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Maybe, maybe I wasn't that, you know, and doubt starts to creep in and mm-hmm. you do that very human thing. That's like, well, maybe I'm not good enough. And maybe I, you know, all, all of those things that we do, especially as actors, because it's like, 
it is the most vulnerable thing ever yeah. to audition. And then once you do book the job, it's vulnerable to be truthful on stage. Yep. And it, it does take a toll uh, sometimes if you're not in the mindset where you understand that it isn't a rejection of you. It's not even so much a rejection at all. It's just that whatever their vision is, you just didn't fit that time. And yeah. it has nothing to do with your talent or your ability. It's just the the picture that they were creating. And that took a while for me to understand. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you just, you're too tall or you're too short or yep. they, and they already have the costume made or the person that's playing opposite you is – you know, you wouldn't be able to wear the shoes next. Like sometimes it's just, it's so yeah. small. Um, but you know, you don't know that at the time. No, you just feel awful. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, months and months and months passed. And then I got another call and I went back in this. I'm in my senior year now. And I went back in and I'm like, great. Okay. You know, now's the time. It's the time mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to yes. book it this time. And I don't book it again. <laughs> they bring me in like four times and then I hear nothing. Now it is the week before graduation. Either the week before or like the week of graduation. Wait, every time you go in, are you doing the same material for the same people? Yes. Oh, yeah. Are it's you the like, same guys, material. Guys, so, let's just film it. And then right. that way. <laughs> and they do film it. They do film it. Okay. And so – the, by this last time that I went in, I felt exactly like that. It was like, I can't sing on my own any other way than you guys have heard me sing it. So I went in. I was so comfortable. I was like, I know exactly who's going to be behind the table. Like, we're, we're old friends now. I had just gotten my, um, my, my college ring, you know. And I remember I walked into the room. And there were like 14 people behind the table and a camera set up. And I was like, hi, guys, how are you? And I walked up to the table like like I just knew them. I'm like, yes, like yes. I was so comfortable. And they were like, oh, wow, well, we're doing great. How are you? I was like, I'm fantastic. I just graduated from college. Here's my ring. And I like showed them all my ring. Oh my and I God. just walked on the so table. Yeah. I was like, Grissa, what are we doing today? On my own? Would you like to hear it again? Like I just... I, it was the, over the room. It was I your did. room. Mm -hmm. It was my room. I was so comfortable. I wasn't worried about the outcome because every other time I just did it and I didn't hear anything. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go in and do my thing and just, right. just be myself. Yeah. And of course, that's the time that I booked it. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> and I was just comfortable in myself and the timing worked out for what they needed, what who they were replacing. You know, it all worked yeah. out. And so you graduated, you put so that ring on. And the you... very next week, I got the call that I was going to be joining the tour. Of Les Mis. Of Les Mis, the 25th anniversary tour. Yep. Incredible. And did you get to go on uh, a fair amount when, when the tour was happening? I did, actually. the um, A lot of them were pre-planned. Um, a couple of the, I mean, it was a long, long time ago now. So yeah, a, I think, I think, you know, there might've been a few, a few impromptu ones, but I remember, I remember a lot of them being pre-planned. So I was able to tell my family and, you know, they were able to come and see me, which was really special. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Noah Galvin and some other, uh, guests of mine were children in that show and he described to me sort of the the height uh they they would go in and have their height measured ever so often and if they had grown uh they were fired and right. sort of <laughs> it's sort so of true <laughs> the heartbreak of that and and this thing that you can't control i mean we all worried about being fired but as a kid i mean i just found the whole thing to be so intense and it was for him and others um and i wondered you know what it was like to watch if if children came and went while you were on tour <laughs> or did everyone stay the right height during that time um a lot of them did stay the right height at least when i was on tour i think we had maybe like one turnover of kids i also joined mm -hmm. kind of near the end of tour so okay. i 
I was there for the last nine or so months of the tour. And then we went to Toronto and we did, we kind of reestablished it all. That was the pre-Broadway run. Wow. Uh, Toronto was. And did you know you would get to come to Broadway with it from the start or was that a No, clear? we had to audition and I actually didn't didn't book Broadway right away. I I didn't oh go straight from I didn't go straight from <laughs> no. Toronto to Broadway, which was devastating. Oh my goodness. You're like, "Guys, I still do you want to see the ring? I still have the ring." <laughs> it was so devastating. I was like, "Oh my goodness." Especially, you know, you'd been with the company for so long then. Yes, and we, your family. we all auditioned together. So it was like one or two days where all of us auditioned. And then we all found out around the same time who booked it and who didn't. Mm-hmm. And we still had to work together. So it just was oh very – it was it was hard. But, yeah. you know, you, you move on as, as you do. And I went from – after Toronto closed, I came back to New York. And I started auditioning again. And I booked uh, Mama Mia. We were – we opened up a brand new Mamma Mia in Las Vegas. And so I got to live in Vegas for a while and do Mamma Mia. Really it was so much fun. fun. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was so much fun. Um, and when that closed, I came – oh, well, I should back up. Okay, so as long as it took me to audition and then finally book Les Mis, yeah. I had a similar experience with Motown. Okay. So I had been auditioning for Motown. Um, I think I, I probably started around the same time that I was auditioning for um, for Mamma Mia. And maybe even when I was finishing up Les Mis, it might have even been like I had started auditioning then. And are All you I know saying is like before time. it was already on broad? Like are you talking for workshops or readings or once it was already a Broadway show? Both. Okay, so really early, early on. Early, early. And then um, after it had already been cast and it was up, there was a time when they were auditioning, I think, for the tour, but then the tour didn't go out for a long time. And so they kind of stopped auditioning for it. It, it was it was a lot. But mm-hmm. I know that I was in for Motown. I probably auditioned for it for a, a full year before I finally booked it. And it was kind of a similar experience. The last time that I went in for them, they had given me all – they were like, you know, we just – we need her to look a little older and, you know, just, you know, more more confident and, you know, all of that. Like, because I – one of the roles that I was going in for was Diana Ross. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's My Diana friend. Ross. Like, you have to, yeah. you have to command the No stage. pressure. No right. pressure there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I remember – no problem. Right. I remember I went and I bought this red sequin dress that was like cut down to there and it, you know, like hugged me in all the right places. I was like, I look like a woman now. And, yeah. I, and I had my hair really big and I put on lashes and, and I walked into the room and it was another kind of experience where I've seen all you guys many times and you know, you've heard me sing everything. There's nothing new in this packet. So I just walked in. I was like, hey, guys, how yeah. you doing? Yeah, it's <laughs> it was going to work. Right. And I was just open and present. And that's the time that I booked it. <laughs> so wild. I mean, so much of this also is some of it's on us, right? Like to sort of be able to um, reach into their minds, know what they want and make it happen, right? Like that's sort well, of, it's I, all on no, us to do that. It's that, but I also think it's getting out of their minds because sometimes they really don't know what they want. They mm-hmm. just want to see what you bring. And I think but couldn't every they have time told I, you after the first time we need her to look like that, that's a lot of, or, or do you feel like they couldn't quite figure out what was off? Yeah, I think maybe they didn't really quite know. And they didn't know until they saw it because I found Mm -hmm. out later once I was in the show and, you know, I was friendly with everyone that the thing that changed their minds was there was a time when I was getting a note about something and not that I was like being rude or like, you know, had an attitude, but like the way that I responded wasn't in the, you know, like angelic like I'm 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 here just to do the work kind kind of way that mm-hmm. I often entered a room and a space and I think a lot of you know musical theater people we, we enter the room and we're like just trying to be on our best behavior and like yes whatever you like and yes what do you need and they want 
to know what how you interpret it, not mm-hmm. how you think they want you to. Right. And so there was like this brief moment, I guess, where where I asked a question and I I gave my opinion, and that was the thing that changed their minds about me because right. it was like, oh, she isn't just sweet and just just this one dimensional person. She has the ability to be three dimensional and complex and upset and you know like ha- just different yep and I think that is well that they, they told me that that's yeah, kind of what did that's it. exactly like, oh, what happened she's got a little bite to her we like that nice. and that's, nice. that's yes. why I cooked it yes and I Brittany. think and I think that experience started to teach me how I needed to audition because I I was going into rooms thinking that I needed to be this like beautifully wrapped Christmas present and all of my bows needed to be curled perfectly mm-hmm. and that that's what they wanted. And so I needed to be what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's not that at all. <laughs> you mm-hmm. need to be yourself, mm-hmm. completely yourself and show them who you are. And you have to know who you are first. And that's, I think, a, a journey that we're all constantly on. But I, I don't think I, I started to understand myself and who I was until I let go of pleasing other people, pleasing mm-hmm. the people in the room. Mm-hmm. And when I started to notice that when I stopped trying to please them, that's when I was booking work and that's when I was getting callbacks that it all started to make sense. Well, at some point, I just want to, I just want to go back to something really incredible that happened, um, but I don't know the details of how it happened on the same day that you played two parts in Les Mis on the same day, not the same <laughs> performance. No, not the same performance. <laughs> which <is> also, <laughs> that would have been crazy. That would really oh my be goodness. history making history. Um, can that, and impossible. Talk? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, unless you're schizophrenic and and really like Jekyll and hiding the show in some way, but <laughs> like like this is incredible and and I want I wonder if you can just share with us what it felt like for you uh to have yeah. this happen. So at the time, I was actually playing Eponine on Broadway. Um that was I you know was on one I was on an eponine contract and I okay. had switched over from at first I when I joined the Broadway company I joined in the ensemble covering both eponine and fontine okay so then when I bumped up to playing eponine they decided to keep my fontine cover which okay. usually doesn't happen usually usually when you're on a principal contract you don't also understudy another another principal role right um but you know, I guess, however, it was working then. They hadn't hired anyone that there were the person, no one in the building really knew Fontaine enough that they mm-hmm. were they're like, well, just, you know, it'll never happen. Like, don't worry about it, but we'll just keep it on there. And one day on a Saturday, I walked into the building, like, you know, expecting just to like play Eponine like, like every other day. And the stage manager comes in and he goes, so uh, how would you like to play Fontaine today? And I was like, huh? Because I'd never, I'd never been on for it, it before. So, I had only had my put in, so wow. I played Fontaine for the matinee, and then I went back to my track and played Eponine for the evening show. <laughs> and are people sort of like, like helping move you, like you're a doll, and they're gonna like, like our castmates sort of helping you get through it? Because <laughs> obviously, you know the show, you've seen the show, you're in the show, right? Um, well, I had had a put in. So I, I had at least run it through with everyone. Okay. I just hadn't performed it yet. And it was nowhere in my mind that I was ever going to perform it or especially perform it while I was contracted to be in a different so principle. And, and what, like, so the, the person who, they, they literally didn't have an understudy or was like the actress and the, like, was everyone sick at the same time? Or I, I think mean, it like, might've been so a weird. situation where everyone was sick or where the other understudy hadn't had their put in yet. Mm-hmm. And it made more sense for me to play Fontaine because there was an Eponine understudy. And okay. so it was easier to just have 
to just switch us. <laughs> was it totally bizarre that night to hear this other person playing your part while you were doing Fontaine or did you not even take that in? No, I don't think I I even really really clocked it because yeah. I, I was so excited to be playing this role on Broadway yeah. that, you know, the role yeah. that, that made me want to do this in general. And now I'm playing it on Broadway. <laughs> Incredible. And I think about, you know, what it meant for you to see Audra and how unbelievably powerful that experience was for you. And now, I mean, just taking in the, the hugeness of what that is for whoever was in the audience that day, whoever has been in the audience for all the things that you've done to <laughs> see themselves, you know, reflected in that way. It's just beautiful. It's just so beautiful. It is. It really is. I and think then, that's what, you know, to skip way forward because there, yeah. there were a lot of other Broadway shows <laughs> in between yep. there. I've been yep. very, very lucky. Um, but I think that what you just said is what, was so special for me about getting to play Glinda mm-hmm. and getting to be the first person of color, the first black woman ever to play this role is that I got to be what Audra was for me. Yeah. For so many people. Yeah. And even just talking to people now and hearing what that meant to them and how it's inspired them, how it's inspired them to reopen up new dreams that they put away. It just, it's so special for me. And it's, <clears throat> it's one of those things where I, I'm sorry, I'm choking up a little bit, clear my throat. Um, <laughs> when people, you know, ask me what, what, what was it like? You know, it, it was humbling for me because I, was very aware and still am very aware that that moment wasn't for me or about me, Brittany. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. it was for everyone else. Yeah. It was for what, what it means for everyone for yes, for me, but for just for everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's what helped me get through my first performance without like, breaking down into tears on stage and hysterically crying was that it wasn't for me. It wasn't about like, yeah, it was so exciting to get to one, just getting to play Glinda, just being in Wicked is so exciting. And then getting to play Glinda. Oh my goodness. Did you start, how did you enter that show? What was your relationship to Wicked? How did it become a part of your life? You are now bigger than life when people think about that <laughs> show, but but how did it first become part of your professional life? Um, I had never auditioned for Wicked until this time. I had wanted to, but I never, um, I'd, I'd never auditioned before. And so when I first got the audition and I it popped up in my email, I was like, Wicked? What? Wait, really? And then, and then when I saw that it was to understudy Glinda, I was like, "This is a mistake. Clearly, they meant to say Alphaba. It's fine. We'll talk about it." Right. Um, and then when I realized that it was real, I was like, "Oh my goodness! What this year is, is so this? exciting? This is 2018." Okay. I was like, "I get to go and sing this music in front of people." Yes. Like that's that's literally all I thought. I wasn't right. thinking beyond the audition because I was like, I'm not going to book this. But I get Why? to like sing. Why did you think that? Because no one Black had ever played Glinda before. So did you think this is like their equity is telling them? Like, what did you think? Why did you think they were having a Black woman audition for Glinda? I mean, I thought, you know, maybe they just – they were just testing the waters. They just wanted mm-hmm. to see. I didn't, I didn't even, I just didn't even really think about it. I just was okay. like, this is great. I have an opportunity to sing popular in front of people. And cool. Instead of just in my shower. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, I prepared and I was like, okay, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in. I'm going to sing popular. And I What did I you did, wear? What did you wear for your I do audition? not remember. Okay. I have no idea. The okay. whole I, I I just remember I I wanted to be comfortable and free and cute 
I honestly, if I even think about my closet right now, I don't know what I could have worn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I know what I wore. I think okay. I wore this like purple. There's this purple dress I have in my um in my closet, and it makes me feel so giddy every time I put it on because of the way that it swings when I spin around. <laughs> it makes me so. I think Perfect. I wore that. Okay. Um. And I just went in and I had so much fun. Wow. And when I got the call back, then I was like, oh, maybe they are really looking. And then, and but I, but I still, I honestly wasn't thinking farther ahead than the next audition. Every, every, every callback, I just was mm-hmm. thinking about that audition. And so when I booked it, it was like, oh, I'm going to be in Wicked. Oh, I'm going to. I'm gonna be interested in Glenn. I'm the. I'm gonna make history. I'm gonna, yeah. and then it all kind of started started yeah. hitting me in those kind yeah. of stages. But yeah, I just I just wanted to be truthful and honest to the character, and I think it's that's what's most important when you're playing anything. And I almost think it was more important that I be Glinda not be Brittany playing Glinda. Did you know the first time you were going to go on? Was it planned or was it one of those, hey, you're on moments? I actually, I found out the week before mm-hmm. and I was on vacation. <laughs> so I had the week to kind of get over the fact that I was going to be making history. Mm-hmm. So I could freak out about that a little bit and then sure. move on. Because then what was important was that I had this amazing opportunity to tell this story from a perspective that nobody has seen before. And it was important for people to see Glinda's story from that perspective. And And did the show put that out that you were going to be going on before it happened? Was there? No, they don't. Okay. It's not really, that's not really a thing Wicked does. They don't, and I mean, most shows, I don't think, really announce that when an understudy is going on. Some, right. You know, some people, they don't want to see an understudy. They don't I know, but it was you. It was you. No, but yes. So you know. I told people. Of I, course. And it just kind of became this thing. It just kind of like spread underground. Wow. Like people just were like, Brittany's going to be going on. And like before I knew it, it was like everybody knew, but nothing had been announced. Right. So um, the day of, I think maybe like an hour before I went on, I – I posted a picture of the crown. <laughs> yes, and, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. And it's such and, a beautiful, it's beautifully shot as well. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. think I'm a photographer in my yeah. other life. It's um, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Architect, you. psychologist, photographer. Yeah. Actually, one of, my, one of my best friends, I did a photo shoot for her. And she was like, um, yeah, this is what you should be doing. You should you should be taking pictures. And I was like, well, I don't have time to also be a photographer. I do but really love it. Know. Though, though. You good know, me. know. Yes. <laughs> Life is long. Anything Life is happen. long. Isn't it? Isn't that beautiful? Yep. <laughs> so it happens. And it's the day of. It's the day it's of the, the show, day, friends. It's the yep. day of the show. And <laughs> why am I crying? I cannot. I'm so glad this is only audio because I can't stop crying. <laughs> so beautiful. All I really remember yeah. is I I got to the theater maybe like two hours earlier and I warmed up and I had my tea and oh, hold on one second. Oh, well, that's my cat. I can't shut her up, so I We don't have to. We want her. We want her. Or him. <laughs> that That's her. Okay. So I got to the theater about two hours early, and I warmed up, and I had my tea, and I put on my, my music, and I just started just stretching and just warming my body up and going over any, you know, notes that I'd gotten from my director, my musical director. I get notes after every show. <laughs> By the way, always learning. You can always do better. Yeah. You can always be better. So right. I was going over those things that he was like, you cannot mess this up. You know, there are some things that are like, you got to get this. You got to hit this. So okay. I was going over those things. And yeah. I just was, I just was 
listening to my music and trying, I just, I was trying my very best not to think about how big a deal it was. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to focus on the fact that I had an opportunity to tell this story right. and what that meant to me. And I was trying to get into the mindset of Glinda because I knew that if I was Brittany, that I was not going to make it. I was not going to make it. Well, what is the mindset? Like, like what does that mean? Because I probably won't play Glinda. My best friend, Kristen, started it and really, you know, said I'm She's never so going to play She's so wonderful. It. She sent me my, my debut. She sent me this necklace. It says Toss Toss. And I didn't know that she knew that I existed on the planet, like Mm -hmm. let alone, you know, was thoughtful enough to send me that gift. And I got to the theater early and it was waiting there there for me. And I was like, "Uh, uh, uh, it believes in me. It was like, (laughs) so I'm glad I got there early because I had to get all that out. There's that (laughs) moment. Exactly. The toss, toss baton. Um, Right. Is your family going to be there? Or are they in the audience? Yes, you- they were. And I mean, all of my friends and people. How who- many people do you think you had there that night? How many tickets did Bridget sell to work I in think that like, night? I like half the audience probably oh oh based God. on what the, what the cheering sounded like when I descended in the bubble. It was like, I had no idea that that many people were there and I was on I think for either two two or three shows Mm -hmm. so people were there each each night and it was like a stadium I mean I it was my Mariah Carey moment (laughs) I finally got it you know how many seats are in that theater oh my god like 20 2100 yeah it really is that yeah and it was it was like a wall of, it was like being knocked over. It was like a cartoon. Like when you, you know, you hear the music and like your hair is blowing because it's moving so much. That's yes. what it felt like. <laughs> so when you and said like get into Galinda's head, what, right. what, well, what is that? Where, where in do that you go? Moment, yeah. In that moment, it was like, I just had to be Glinda. It was Ozians cheering for me, mm-hmm. for me descending into Oz to give them this encouragement and this hope. And I literally, I had to think of it like that because I was like, if you let go, you're going to start crying and then they're going to have to hold the show for 10 minutes while you pull yourself together. So I I knew that from the beginning. And so So when you're in your dressing room, that's what you're doing. You're like, I'm about to enter Oz and I'm going to give my people what they, right? Like you're- Yeah. And it's just about getting into your body so that you're not in your head. Yeah. For me is what it is. Because I I don't ever feel like Glinda until that crown gets on my head. Mm -hmm. As soon as the crown is on, it's like- you, your posture changes. And even even just being in the dress, there's something different about once that crown goes on. Mm. Then you're a queen. And I, then I'm the queen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when I'm up, you know, in the rafters waiting to go on, I always pray. And I always, um, I can't think about the end of the show because mm-hmm. the show begins at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that I get myself into the mindset of Glinda and of the the task now that I am about to take on and the knowledge of what has just happened to me in my life. And, you know, it, it like puts me there and it puts it, it, um, it sets the stakes for me. And so when when I did descend and when all of those cheers, you know, happened, everyone on stage is cheering too. So I just, I was able to just kind of wave as Glinda and accept, accept it all and then encourage them all that they were safe. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt as an actor too. I wanted to create a safe space for everybody to enjoy this story and to hopefully learn something from it. And for all of us to share this space in this moment together which is how I feel every time I go on stage but it was very it was very very special I think the first time it happened 
And for the one person on the planet who doesn't know what the first line is, what is the first line <laughs> that you say in that show? I say, it's good to see me, isn't it? And then, of course, everybody started <laughs> roaring again. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it was one of those moments. I was like, this, we're never going to start. <laughs> right? I and I just, I had to start singing just to, to, to get us all, you know, going. <laughs> Do you do you do you lead that moment or is it a musical cue? How does one it's get supposed, who it's supposed to be musical? I mean yeah. it's kind of well it kind of depends because even sometimes now when I descend people clap and sometimes it's longer than usual and I imagine that whenever we do get get to go back on, mm-hmm. you know, that first night, I'm sure it's gonna be the same thing. Cause it, mm-hmm. it is gonna be nice to see all of us <laughs> yeah. on stage again. Yeah. Um, on stage, in the audience, all the things. Just everywhere. Man. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Patton was saying that in Jagged Little Pill, she sings, you know, You Ought to Know, and it's this insane moment in the middle of a musical where people, you know, are suddenly on their feet and screaming. And I asked her, like, how do you know when to break? Like, like, <laughs> how do you know when they've had enough expressing what they need to express in the audience? Yeah. And she's like, thank God the stage manager decides. Like there's a cue. <laughs> and, I, and I would think, because it's a lot and, and the show goes on and it's just not on her because she wouldn't know how to do that exactly. Yeah. Right? And it, it um, is a lot. And it, it yeah. was a lot for me. And honestly, I couldn't hear the music. And right. so that was part of it too. It was like, I can't even hear my note. Like I I couldn't. So they were just kind of vamping. Until and everybody you was, understood that you right. could sing now. <laughs> right. And that, you know, because it, it's it's good to see me, isn't it? And then everyone's <laughs> cheering. And then, and then I say, no need to respond. That was rhetorical. And yeah. it just is like extra hilarious because the whole audience is in on it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and then yeah. it started and it just, it, it felt so good just yeah. to, to, to tell that story in my skin and, mm-hmm. and see how it, how it changes. It does. It changes the story. It's the same trajectory and the same path, but it, it opens up our minds, I think, to Glinda's, how she changes, how she grows and how, because now Glinda's a person of color. She's different. If we think about it, how, you know, by our standards Mm -hmm. of what difference is. And Elphaba obviously is a person of color, Mm -hmm. (laughs) of of green. Mm -hmm. The color green. Um, Right. And it just, it, I think it, it changed it made people see Glinda similarly to Alphaba. It made people but isn't think that about interesting? our similarities. Like yeah. that's so compelling just as um just as a thesis statement about what the show is about and mm-hmm. how and I mean, what really makes us other. Right. Like how how we define other. In the original concept of wicked do you think they saw one as other and the other as not other? Yes, very much. And I think and that was it... the point, especially as Americans, our history has informed that and the way that it has informed how American theater is mm-hmm. and what we usually see as um you know, protagonists and the heroes of our stories and who Mm -hmm. are supporting and who are our villains. Um, I think our, our history has informed so much of that. And so there's certain, you have two others, right? Whatever that Mm -hmm. means. And so now you have two others at the center of this love story between these two women. Mm -hmm. What is the show about now? I think, well, I think the show is still about the same thing. It's still about friendship and, and finding our similarities in our mm-hmm. differences and celebrating mm-hmm. them. Right. Um, but I think it puts a little bit more emphasis on Glinda's trajectory. Mm-hmm. Because I think before a lot of people 
just see Glinda kind of as this one noted personality. Mm-hmm. This one, you know, she, she's always had, yeah, she's a stereotype. She's always had this privilege and everything has always come easy for her. And that is still true. But I think in, in a black body, specifically in America, you automatically think about how Glinda must have grown up, how she mm-hmm. became a person to accept privilege and to assume privilege and how she and especially because there aren't really that many other people of color on stage with me right and so now i am kind of other but i'm at the top so then why is alphaba who is other why is she at the bottom Mm -hmm. and i think it it forces us to look at glinda through the same lens that maybe we look at alphaba through Mm -hmm. and we see her journey so much differently. We see her growth so much differently. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I heard back from, I mean, hun, like thousands of people, honestly, mm-hmm. at one point I was getting so many messages I couldn't I keep up. I can only imagine. Yeah. Just about like that they had never, they'd never really heard Glinda. Mm-hmm. They'd never, like, they never thought of her as a whole person. She just mm-hmm. was she was the fluff and the she was she you know she was the pink dress and the blonde hair and really we were focused on Alphaba and how she she changes mm-hmm. but really Alphaba is who she is through mm-hmm. the whole story she yeah. wears her heart on her sleeve and she is emotional and strong and powerful and and all of those things that we love about Alphaba but Glinda she really changes she is a different person at the end of our story than she is at the beginning. So how do you, you know, it's funny when you when you have a play that starts at the end and mm-hmm. then has has the whole, you know, sto- two hours and however long the show is to get back to the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> how do you how do you do that? How do you make that switch from you start at the end and then you go back to the beginning? How do you as as an artist make that adjustment? When you really have to start at the very end, <laughs> just to, like it's very. Um, I actually really love it. Yeah, I love it. I love because I love when I get to go back to the beginning at the end. I love mm-hmm. being able to connect those two people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the the transition is so fast that you don't really have time to think about it. Right. Like you're you're changing your dress and now you're in a new outfit and you get new hair and then you stand on top of suitcases and you get wheeled out. It's like And a, you're back in school. And, and then you're it. you're there. <laughs> and it's like you don't have time to think about it. The yeah. whole time you're just hoping that you don't miss your cue. So it's like a fifteen totally. second change there. Four Crazy. people on you yes. trying to help you. Thank get you, it dressers. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The show does not happen without every single person in that building. Now um, is your uh Understudy black? No, all of the other covers in the building are are white. So that hasn't changed yet. More roles haven't opened up. No, not yet. Okay. Um, you know, and we'll we'll see what happens. I think, um, I think that the best people should be hired for the job, regardless. Mm-hmm. And I think sure. that moving forward in the theater in general, what my hope is is that more people now have the audition have the opportunity to audition cuz right now there just aren't people just don't don't see certain people for some roles right um in the same way that I never was able to get an audition for Glinda it's just that they never would see me so i think now people are going to have the opportunity to audition and so the the pool to select from of who is best for this job will be wider. When Broadway comes back, are you Galinda? I I don't know. I mean, I think that it's not I don't th- I think when 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 it first closed, I think we were all trying to make these predictions about mm-hmm. when we were coming back and it was I think it was a coping mechanism. Yeah. And now I think I'm I'm just thinking about how I can be authentically myself in each day. And yeah. For the first time, I'm 
not trying to plan months in advance of my life. I'm just trying to figure out how I can be happiest today, how I can touch someone else's life today. Mm. And I mean, it's all we have really is our relationships to other people. If there's nothing else that this pandemic has taught us it's how connected we are yeah in in terrible ways sometimes but also in in really beautiful ways it's kind of reminded us of the ways the opportunities we have to be connected in humanity Mm -hmm. we're all just humans (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we all have the same weaknesses and the same abilities in some ways at least to be empathetic towards one another. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Um, Well, can I just say that selfishly, whatever you choose to do, I hope it includes performing in big spaces (laughs) where people can cheer you um, and just celebrate your unique gifts. And I think part of what makes your artistry – so vibrant is not just your talent, but just how it's matched by your heart and your spirit. And, you know, I don't know how you handle the thousands and thousands of fan letters you must get and all of these people reaching out and sort of wanting to be um, seen by you, right? Like, like (laughs) they see you and, and now they want you to know that they see, you know, it's, it's so much, right? I mean, it's it's so huge, and um, I just can't even imagine that part of it too. Not just doing the work and wanting to be good in the work and give a really truthful performance eight shows a week in a really physically demanding, raked stage yes. that is, is you know, <laughs> just beating the crap out of your body just to be <laughs> able to do it. Um, and then coupled with that is just the immense uh, responsibility that I imagine you must feel to kind of, I don't know, be there for others. And, and yeah. you're teaching. Like, it's just, of course you teach. Like, of course. <laughs> the highest, I you know, love giving it. back. I, yeah. I've, I've had so much fun. Just, it's so rewarding to see, to see your students grow. Mm-hmm. It's like to to be a part of their growth. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, it's how I imagine that parents feel yeah. <laughs> when they yeah. when they see their kids literally grow, but also just develop. Um, but I think that one thing that's been interesting, and maybe maybe I, I didn't realize that that this is what was happening, but I think the energy that I was using to um, be Glinda and to tell mm-hmm. that story and to encourage and support and hold up people. I think I have translated that now into how I interact with people off stage now, how mm-hmm. I interact with fans and students. And I, I try to be as, as active as I can. I'm, I've been trying to stay off social media because it sometimes just is, it's very difficult on, on your mental health. But I at least go into, you know, look at the messages and especially if people reach out really needing needing support and needing mm-hmm. someone to talk to mm-hmm. I, I try to be there and I realize that a lot of the times um people are looking for their Glinda yeah yeah <laughs> and you know I I am always me but I try to bring that that side of me to them I yeah. try to give that to them um and you know, I, I hope it helps. I hope that I'm, <laughs> I hope that I'm encouraging and lifting people up. Um, that, that's important to me. Is there a little known fact that you can share about you? Oh, hmm. I'm like, that's so hard. I feel like, I feel like I try to be so transparent. Um, not, well, not a lot of people know that about me, about my, my other passions that I, that I like to study, um, interior architecture and that I actually, I flipped a house before. And that's something that I kind of want to do again. Um, just this, this entire, uh, 
this in, entire, you know, period of break, I don't know that that's the word for it. I, I want to call it like a pause, like a, yeah, like a, almost like a reset. It's just like, we, we've all had a, we've all kind of been forced to sit with ourselves yep. and that's not something that, at least me, that I, I do a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I try to meditate. I try to take time to be alone, but you're never really alone in New York City. Right. And you're, there's never really quiet. And I've been really trying to embrace that time with myself and I've been writing a lot. Um, and I've learned a lot about myself and I will, I've, I've actually, I've been thinking about starting a blog maybe with some of the oh, things that I've been do. learning. Please um. <laughs> do. We need, we need that. We need that. That would be so awesome. If someone does want to take class with you, do you accept new students and how could they find you if they wanted to do that? I do. I love new students. Um, you can well if you go onto my Instagram page and maybe on my Twitter. I don't know if it's on my Twitter. I'll put it on my Twitter in my okay. bio. Um, there's a link in my bio, and all of the ways to contact me are are in there. Whether you want um, to schedule a lesson, or if you literally just want to sit and have a conversation and pick my brain, or you know what whatever it is, whatever however you want to spend the time. Um, all of the ways to to contact me are in my bio. Okay. And what is your Instagram name? My Instagram is Sunny Brittany. Sunny okay. like like the sun. Awesome. <laughs> and is that true for Twitter also? Yes, that's my Twitter handle. All right. Well, I'll be finding you in both those places and signing up. <laughs> um, I cannot thank you enough for well, I can't thank you enough for being you. That's all I have to say. Thank you. This has been wonderful. So thank you. <laughs> The Little Known Facts theme song was written and performed by Georgia Famusa with backup vocals by Caleb Famusa. And episodes are recorded in New York City and edited by Nicholas Clark.